Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. We have the best worship team in the world in this church. I don't know if you actually... Seriously, you need to like go to another church, not that I'm bagging other churches, and then come back to realize how amazing our worship team is. And uh, if you do play something, you play the drums or keyboards or you do sound, make sure you come and see us because uh, there's always a spot for you. Well, Pastor Ross and Mary Lynn, I was going to say Pastor Mum and Dad, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> Pastor Ross and Mary Lynn, my parents, uh, they send their love. Um, Mum actually called me this morning when I was doing sound and I didn't get it but I got a voicemail and then we ended up texting so she's actually got a voice, the voicemail sounded really good, she's actually doing really good so we need to praise God for that. She's, um, yeah, she said she's tired but she's doing really well so, um, which is a really cool thing. So they send their love, they want to be here, um, Dad's probably like listening to the podcast from last week or something just trying to like, you know, because he's just missing her so much but uh I do count it a privilege to be on this stage. I know it's, you know, it's my parents' church, but every time I do count it a privilege. And, uh, yeah, so I, I honour my parents for the, uh, the legacy that they have uh, walked before us. And, uh, yeah, the awesome, awesome pass. I think we should give our pastors a, a round of applause. Can I just have a, a little bit more on the fallback, Daryl? That would be excellent so I don't shout at everyone all night. Um, for some of you know, I, uh, I had a, a, little, a little girl. Well, I didn't have a little girl, but my wife did. Um, Oh, this is her being a boss. Um, this is like my chair. It's big. And yeah, she's like, no, it's my chair now. So she's the boss. And there's another one that's super cute. That was uh, two weeks ago. So yeah, she's, uh, she's pretty cute. Every time I see her, I just, I just smile a little bit. Even when she spews all over me last night and poos all over me. I've wrecked about three pairs of pants. So I would just poo all over it. So I don't know. This must be the wrong nappies or something. They're just exploding everywhere. It's ridiculous. I should have put a photo up. Like, we've got photos where it's just all over me, like butter chicken. It's just great. Sorry for those with a weak stomach. <laughs> I can't eat butter chicken at the moment or, or beef korma. Okay, <laughs> let's get into it. Sorry, let's, yeah, don't throw up. Don't throw up. Cool, tonight I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start off with the story of Moses. Some of you might know who Moses is. Some of you might not have heard of him. But the story is in... Uh, Exodus 2, right through sort of Deuteronomy 24. So I'm just going to sort of read a bit of the story and uh, we'll go from there. But Moses was a Hebrew, okay? So for those who don't know, uh, he was a Hebrew and he was born in Egypt. Um, the Hebrew people known as the Israelites were in slavery, okay? So they were in slavery at the time that Moses was born and they were slaves to Pharaoh, okay? To Egypt, to Pharaoh, okay? So he wasn't a good guy. He wasn't a good, good guy at all. But the Israelites were God's favoured people, okay? They were God's chosen people, but they had walked away from God, they'd walked away from His blessing, and uh, so now they were, they were in slavery, but they, they weren't just in slavery, they are actually, if you know, the pyramids and all those things, they are actually in slavery to build all that stuff, okay? So, pretty hard labour, it was just, just death, it was not good at all. And the Israelites were having so many babies, okay? Like, just so many babies that Pharaoh was getting a little bit scared that one day they'll actually actually take over uh, Egypt because they were, just, they were just everywhere. So he said, I'm going to kill the baby boys. Like, I'm just going to kill them. Like, let's just throw them into the river and crocodiles will eat them. That's what he did. It was absolutely crazy. And uh, but Moses, he got put in the river, but he didn't get put in the river to get eaten by crocodiles. He actually got put in a little basket. His mum put, put him in a basket and a little with tar on it and he floated down the river and just, she prayed and said, God, somehow bless 
Moses. So anyway, Pharaoh's daughter is like, she's swimming in the river and then boom, this basket just hits and it's Moses, the person that the Pharaoh's trying to kill. And then she actually asks Pharaoh, can I raise this, like a pet, it was weird, can I raise this boy that I found? So she raises Moses, who was supposed to be dead, supposed to be killed by, you know, from the dad, in the same household. So she raises up Moses. So he actually grows up in Pharaoh's palace, the very person that tried to kill him. God has a plan for all that. Um, So he grew up, but then he started to hear about the stories and he started to realize that he was actually, he was actually one of those ones that was, you know, supposed to die. And then he realized that he was actually the people that were getting whipped out there. Then he started to feel for those people. And long story short, he ends up killing one of the guards that was whipping one of his people, one of the Israelites. And he's just like, kills him. And um, to, to sort of like try and get the favor of the people and all that. Ends up working out not well at all. He ends up running away into the desert, just runs away from, from everything, into the desert, got married and started a family out there, okay, out in the desert. We'll pick up the story here. In Exodus uh, 3, 1 to 15, it says, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. Uh, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Hebron, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am, after he weighed himself, because the bush shouldn't talk. He says, do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of, this, because of the slave drivers, and I'm concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them out into a land that is good and spacious." And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. It was crazy, okay? It was absolutely crazy. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? God said, I will be with you. Uh, When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Moses said, he was trying to get out, okay? Moses said, suppose I go to the Israelites and uh, I say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. If you don't know what that means, you need to study what I am means. It's, it'll blow your mind. It's ridiculous. But I know that the king of Egypt will not, will not let them go unless a mighty, is what God says, unless a, a mighty hand compels him. So I will stretch out my hand and strike the Egyptians with all the wonders that I will perform among them. After that, he will let them go. But Moses says, pardon your servant, Lord. I, I've never been eloquent or neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow to sp- speech and tongue. The Lord said to him, he's getting a bit frustrated now, who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight 
and make some blind. Is it not I? Now go. I will help you speak and teach you what to say. We won't read any more there, but yeah. God calls Moses back to the place he ran away from. We sort of laid that story back at the start there. He's like, you need to go back there. He's killed a guy. He's like, I can't go back there. Like, it's just weird. But Moses goes and he, uh, he does these amazing signs in the power of God. And it showed that he was the true God, as he said, all those crazy plagues. And if you, you can read the rest of the story. And then Moses leads them out of slavery. He actually leads them out of slavery, out of Egypt. But it only happened because Moses, he, he stepped up and led the people to freedom. It only happened because he actually stepped up, listened to the voice of God, and actually went and led them. Bit of a crazy story. And you think, why don't I read all that? Well, tonight I want to talk about godly leadership. I think, oh, that's not really a church topic, but more like a leadership meeting. But that's what I felt for tonight. Godly leadership. Why don't we pray? God, we thank you that you're awesome. Thank you that your presence is in this place. God, we're so blessed. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, I just pray you'll speak through us tonight. Speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. So my first point, why we need good moral leaders. Not just good leaders, good moral leaders. You know, good leadership is a big part in life. It really is. Good leadership is a big part in life. And we need leaders more than ever. We need good leaders more than ever. You know, there's so many corrupt leaders. I mean, you only have to uh, look at the leaders we've had around the world over the years to see what happens when good moral leaders are leading and bad moral leaders are leading. You only have to look at politicians. Uh, a lot of them are just stabbing each other in the back, uh, making promises they, they, can't, uh, they can't keep. Uh, and the ones that they do keep, that they've promised, aren't any good for the country most of the time, just to get votes. Uh, like I said, a lot of what they say is just to get votes and just to keep everyone happy. Just a whole lot of hype, as Peter would say, if he was here last week. For, or it was last week? Yeah, for Pete's message. Just a whole lot of hype, a lot of the politicians. I'm not saying all of them, just a lot. A lot of leaders are just there for the position, you know, just got to get the title, just got to get the position, or the fame, you know, they're not really there to, to help people and make, make things better, make people better. You only have to look at the countries where we've had corrupt leaders. I mean, we all know Hitler. I mean, we don't have to say much about Hitler, but he was actually a corrupt, well, he was a politician. He was a corrupt politician who was the leader of the Nazi party. And because of his corrupt leadership, because he was a good leader, he led a lot of people, but he was a corrupt leader. He just wasn't good. You know, like he, he was good at leading people, is what I'm trying to say, but he wasn't a good leader, if you know what I mean. He was corrupt. They say that 48 million people died in the war that he started. It's estimated, like this guy was not a good guy. And in the end, he lost everything, killed himself, and nearly wrecked Germany. Like, not a good guy. Don't take after him. Uh, Osama bin Laden, a good guy. Osama bin Laden, he was the leader of the terrorist group who carried out the attacks on the World Trade Center in September 11th, some of you know that. Um, thousands of people died, you know. Is, that was a result of corrupt leadership. Evil leaders have no regard, no regard for people, no, no regard at all. They cause so much pain and, and turmoil. You know, but there's also many good moral leaders around the world uh, who have the greater good at hand. They actually, they care for people. Here's a list of a few people here, you'll know some of these. Uh, in the 1800s, 1800s, the man named William Wilberforce, he was a politician, some of you might know him. There is a movie made about him called Amazing Grace, you need to watch that if you haven't seen it. Uh, he led many people to stand up for what was right 
and to fight the, the slave trade that was happening, okay? It was a terrible slave trade. And he fought nearly his whole life, like literally just before he died um, the, the, in the British Empire, that the, the slave trade was stopped, okay? A, a man who fought, he was a man of God and he fought against evil. In the 1500s, the Christian teaching was that you could buy forgiveness and buy your way to heaven. You could just, it's like you just buy things. It was also, oh, I can just buy my way to heaven. If you had money, you'd, you'd get a better seat or something. It was weird. But, an, but a man named Martin Luther fought against that. And he said that the Bible clearly says, the Bible clearly says that freedom and connection to God is a free gift of grace that can't be, can't be earned or bought. The problem was that the Bible was written in Latin and nobody could read it. So, you know, these church leaders were all smart and they could read the Bible and whatever and, and, and then they would just make the rules. But Martin, he, Martin Luther, sorry, he rewrote the Bible so that everyone could read it. Like the Bible we read today was a start of what he did. Like a mighty man, one man changed so many people. Thousands of people got to know freedom in Christ through one guy, um, a, a great leader. Uh, in the 1800s, a man named Abraham Lincoln was the 16th president of USA I mean, he did so much. He preserved the union, abolished the slave trade in USA. Uh, he strengthened the government. He, he modernized the economy. He, he did so much. A great leader, a great politician. Mother Teresa, we all know about her in the 1990s. She set up all these orphanages in India and hospitals. And, and they're doing so many, so many great things still today because of one person. Brian Houston. Brian Houston. We all know him. Started a church in 1983 in Sydney with about 100 people in it. 1983, 100 people. Now he has over 24 churches uh, with over 30,000 people attending it worldwide every week. So like just in 33, 30, whatever it is, 33 years. You know, these are all leaders who have shaped the world and continue to shape it for good and for bad, okay? So we talked about the bad ones there and the good ones. And they're extreme examples of good and bad leadership. They're pretty extreme. But, you know, we all know what it's like to be on a team where the captain is just... They're just in it for themselves, and it's just like it's all about their position and all about themselves. They don't really care about the team. It's, it's not good, is it? They just care about how they look, and it's, it's not a good position. No one likes a bad, selfish leader. And I, some of you are sort of tuning out a little bit now, thinking leadership, we're not going to lead, we're at church. But, you know, we are all leaders in life. We're all leaders in some way. Not, you're not just up here on the, the platform, but everywhere we go, there's always somebody looking at you. There's always somebody, you know, you might have a younger sister or, or a brother or, or whatever. You might be a school captain if you're at school, um, prefect, or you might be youth leader, kids leader, church leader, or in your job. You might be a leader in your job. We all lead in some way, and therefore, we need to watch how we live. We really do. Just a real practical message tonight, but we just, we really need to do, okay? Like, good leadership, oh, it's such a must, you know, someone needs to take responsibility for how things are going and for how people are living and to rise up and challenge it for a better outcome. You know, Moses, he was one who stood up. He stood up and challenged the bad that was happening to his people. Like he stood up. He was the one who, who led this. And because of that, change happened. One man listening to the voice of God changed the whole nation. One person. You've got to remember that. You know, it's getting harder to find leaders Nowadays, just look at USA. They have an eccentric billionaire uh, who's the president, as of yesterday. Um, and the other person who was running was the president's ex-wife. Just 
Anyway, but you're telling me that out of the whole country, that's the only two people they could find to stand up for their nation. What happened to the Abraham Lincolns? What happened to these people? I'm not judging them that God's going to use them, but you know what I mean? Like, what happened to the leaders? People that are going to, like, stand up. I know in America there's probably a hundred churches that their pastors could run the country amazingly. But anyway, but this, you know, like what's happened to the leaders? People that are laid down their lives for, for, for the cause, lay down their lives to change a nation. You know, we need people to lead with integrity like never before. Like we need people to lead. Everyone's sort of scared of, oh no, I might say something wrong on social media. Oh, I'm gonna. We just need we need people that are just gonna stand up and lead and fight for what is right question is, will you stand up and lead? Will you stand up and lead? You notice that God used Moses to set the Israelites free. Moses said the words, but God demonstrated the power. It wasn't Moses' power. He was just a servant, and then God, he, he went through him to, to do those amazing miracles, those amazing signs. You can read the rest of the story. God uses men and women to change this world, Okay? Like, don't just sit back and think someone's going to change the world like God's going to just change it. But, like, God is, he uses us. We are, we are the people that he uses to change this world. He, it's through us. We need to stand up and lead. I'm going to give you some practical things, okay, to write down. I like to give you some practical things to take home. It's easy to hear a sermon, but it's good to actually have something you can put, put into practice. So my second point is... Uh, how to be a good leader. There's a few just things. How to be a good leader. How to be a good person, a good leader. Leaders need to be real. I'm going to write that one down. Leaders need to be real, okay? Uh, as I said, no one likes a fake leader, someone who lies all the time. You know, people more than ever are looking for authentic people. Not perfect, just authentic. Like, just give us someone that's real. Someone that's like not like, uh, you know, just all polished and, and then they go off stage and they're different. Like, someone who's real, just everywhere they go, real. Uh, our next one, a leader needs to be trustworthy and dependable. Trustworthy and dependable. You know, like, can people trust you? Can they rely on you? Um, oh, no, there's a verse here, Luke, 10, uh, Luke 16, 10 it is. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little is, will be dishonest with much. And it's, you know, like, are you trustworthy in the small things? You know, trustworthy and I'm just going to set up the chairs this week. And, and are like, you trustworthy in the smaller stuff? You know, like everything. And God sees the small and the big, okay? Uh, a leader needs a good sense of humor. Good sense of humor, okay? Oh, everyone. I think everyone just needs a good sense of humor. Uh, you've got to be able to laugh at yourself and you've got to be able to laugh at others too. It's pretty funny. Um, I've got... I've got a, Plenty of funny stories. I got a couple. My first, I became a youth leader in the Sunshine Coast. I'm 15. I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. Starting out in youth leadership. And I was like six foot four and 110 kilos at 15. But anyway, so I dressed up in a gorilla suit for a Youth Alive conference, okay? Down the Sunshine Coast, about 2,000 people there. We had planet shakers there. It was just, it was massive. So they had a superhero theme, you know, Jesus is the greatest superhero and all that sort of stuff. And so we had all, all these youth leaders dressed up, Superman, Batman. I was like King Kong something. And then a few of us, but I'm in this like King Kong sort of gorilla suit, but I was too tall for it because it was meant for about a six foot person. And anyway, we're like having fun. And, and then they wanted us to get on stage and make a bit of a scene and I don't know, just fight sort of thing. And somehow my brother like was Superman and like tackled me. So I'm on this high stage, thousands of people, and then the suit, because I tried to stand up and be all like strong and push someone, it ripped from the front 
all the way to the back and then I fell over like this, right in front of the thousands of people, cameras. This is my introduction to leadership. It was great. Next one, I'm getting a word of prophecy right here with Al Fury. I don't know if you remember this. Stands me up. Starts prophesying over me and I got this massive um, throat lozenger in my mouth, like huge one. I don't know what, it was just this big thing and it just somehow I was a bit nervous and just fell straight out of my mouth on the ground. The place is packed. And then Al Fury just loses it and just destroys me for like a minute in front of everyone. I'm like 17. Insecure as anything. Oh, it's hilarious. A few of them. Pastor John Lewis tells a great story about leadership and when he was starting out. And it's a great story. So he's baby dedication. For those you know, like we pray over babies, we dedicate them. And so he's in, his church's got about 1,000 people at the time. He's got people on the stage, all these families, half a month saved, a real prominent family in the church. So he's like talking about the baby and the family and he's just about to pray for, for the baby and, and he leans over to the lady with, without the mic, you know, and says, what's her name? You know, what's her name? And she's like, Spindonna, Spindonna. And he's like, Spindonna. She's like, yeah. He's like, Spindonna. And he's like, yeah. So, okay. So then he prays, Lord, we pray for Spindonna and, and just goes out and, and, and he's thinking, why are they looking at me and prays? And anyway, at the end, she comes up, why the heck did you call my baby Spindonna? I said, because you told me to. He said, said, no, it's pinned on her. Her name was pinned on her. (laughs) Spinned on her. Like, you know, and I think he lost those people (laughs) out of the church. Spinned on her. Pinned on her. Oh, man. So anyway, he, you know, these are, when you're starting out in leadership (laughs) and you're doing things, you're going to mess up, you're going to fail, but you've got to be able to laugh at yourself, okay? Otherwise, you're not going to be able to move on. I could sit here all night and tell stories of, like, my dad burping in the microphone. Was anyone here that day years ago? Just, like, this massive burp. And then he went, like, nervous, and he just kept preaching. We're all, like, laughing. I'm like, just, and he's like, and then he had to stop. Oh, it must have been lunch. It was so funny. But, you know, we've all done these things. We've all done these things. Have a sense of humor. That's what we were talking about. That was one of the points. Um, Next point. A leader is a person who keeps their word. This is, sounds old-fashioned, but a leader is a person who keeps their word. If you say you're going to do something or you're going to be somewhere, do it, okay? Or make sure that you've called or whatever. Like, you need to be a, a person who will do that. Nobody likes a person who talks a lot but never does anything, which is the next sort of point here is a leader is on time and reliable. Ooh, on time and reliable. People, some people think, why, why are like, people Nazis about being on time? Like, just... Just get over it, you know, but people who are on time and reliable can be trusted, okay? And laziness is sloppy and lateness, like it, it, is, it is sloppy. And I, you know, I was younger and I think, oh, this, I had this worship pastor and he was like, he was really just, you know, five minutes early, five minutes, five minutes early is on time or 10 minutes early. That, that's what he said forever. And I could never work it out. And I was like, yeah, I've always did it, but I was a bit, but then I heard this preacher say that, he said, don't dishonor people by being late with your time. Don't, and I was like, what do you mean don't dishonor? And I suddenly read into it a bit. You know, when you waste time, you can never get it back. So if you're late, you're wasting someone's life. Like life. Like, you know, you're like 10 minutes late. I mean, obviously, you know, you can text when you're late. You've had a flat tire, whatever. But when you're just lazy, like, oh, I just rock up 20 minutes late to everything because I don't really care. Like, someone's been waiting. It's like... That's 20 minutes they're never going to get back. He just dishonored them so much. And when I got that revelation, I was about 10 years ago, I was like, holy heck, I'm going to do my best and not be late because you're actually dishonoring people. So just a little side note, obviously, if you're just going somewhere, whatever, but like, you know, for things that are really important, like 
Don't dishonor people by robbing their life away. Make sense? Um, leaders lead by example. We all know this one. We need to understand, you know, people are always watching us. We need to, you know, we're not, like I said, none of us perfect, but we need to lead by example. And, uh, you know, if you say to someone, don't do this, and then you do it, it's kind of like, you know, what was the saying? Was it, is it, someone said last week, if you, I can't remember it now, it's gone, something about lead, lead by example and say words sometimes or something. There's a saying where, like, it's leading, not always just what you say, it's actually leading the example is what's important, something like that. People will catch what you do. People will catch. Um, leaders uh, need good communication skills, okay? They need to work on communication skills. Do you look people in the eye when you're having a conversation? Just, you know, not staring, like gazing in, but like, yeah, do you make meaningful contact with people when you're talking to them? Do you try and remember people's names as best as possible? You, do you, um, or are you always on the phone? Are you always on the phone, you know, like, yeah, yeah, good, so good, so good. And you're like, what was that? Like, wherever you are, be there. Like, wherever you are, actually be there. You know what I mean? And it's so easy to just, in our world, you know, obviously people work on their phones and stuff nowadays and that sort of thing, and, and that's fine, you know. But wherever you are, be there. Really be meaningful with people. And it's so easy to get distracted and just be... And you know what it's like when you're talking to someone and you don't, you're, like, you're not even listening. Like, what am I even here? And you just want, you don't want to talk to them anymore. Like, make meaningful conversations with people. Make eye contact and listen to people. Like, listen. We're, we're, I'm, I'm pretty bad at this. I've had to learn over the years. I'm, I like to talk. And, but I got the revelation. We got two ears, one mouth. So twice as much listening, half as much talking. I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. So, like, listen to people's story. Ask Ask people, you know, ask questions, that sort of thing. And always just be like, I've got to get my story out, and then see you later, put me out the door. Just as a leader, as someone in life, it's really good to have good communication skills. There's probably plenty of YouTube videos that you can watch about that. Um, a leader needs to be positive and to inspire people. I mean, you only got to turn the news on, and you just feel like, man, you just, I don't know, you just feel like you're just weighed down by most of the negativity that's out there. We... We, we as leaders, we, we as Christians, we need to, we need to be positive. That's, that's a big one. Um, build people up. You know, build people up. Ah, this is a good one. A good leader will understand small and big correctly. What does that mean? Okay, if, if a leader is always thinking about lots of things and lots of numbers, lots of people, sometimes they'll miss it. Think of it like this, a financial leader, someone who's rich or financial leader or whatever, it all starts with $1. A billion dollars is just made up of lots of $1, isn't it? Like, it's just made up of lots of $1, one cents. Like, it's made up of small. If you're leading people, remember, thousands of people are all made up of one amazing individual. One amazing individual. Nobody else in the world like them. One amazing individual. It's... You know, uh, numbers and crowds doesn't mean that it's successful or always, you know, like, I don't know, I'm trying to think mobs and things have lots of numbers and, and you can have a corrupt army with lots of people. It doesn't mean that it's, you know, I mean, look at Jesus' life, you know, we could look, I mean, he had 12 disciples around him and you would think, man, his church is a bit small and, you know, like, he just like, and his leadership team and around, like, you could think from, oh, that looks a bit like, oh, what's he doesn't, you know, but his legacy and what he did and left was amazing. So don't always, like, measure success by if it's just thousands of people or that you know what I mean like it's yeah remember it's all about the one and then if you look after the one correctly then God will bless you with whatever okay 
So understand the big and small correctly. Um, leaders need to give vision and have goals for people. We all need to be, you know, be clear about what we say, have goals, have visions, have clear instructions. We all love clear instructions, don't we? But seek God for the clear instructions. They just make a good idea. That sounds good. Let's go there. Actually, seek God for them. A leader's not perfect. That's the next one. I mean, seriously, a leader's not perfect. Some of you want to become great leaders and great in your workforce or whatever, but you feel like, oh, I can't really do that. You know, I've messed up or I'm struggling with my temper or so. I just can't. I just can't do it. And I used to think a bit like that when I was younger. It's like, oh, one day I'll be a leader when I'm like, perfect or something or when I've got it all together but it's not like that you know it's because of the fact that you keep going in spite of the struggle that makes you a good leader so it's the fact that you you keep pushing through whatever you're dealing with and keep leading keep that's what makes you a good leader that's what makes you a good leader you know all of the the great leaders have had you know lots of mistakes and lots of setbacks and all sorts of stuff like that lots of great leaders have but just be real. Just be honest. That's what people can see. They don't, you know, people don't really, we all mess up and fail, but we, we want to see that people are real about it. And they're like, oh, you know, I didn't mess up. Just be real. Moses made a lot of mistakes and had a lot of fears. Killed a guard, as I said before. He told God, I can't even speak. He had so many fears and so many things. But in spite of that, he's like, okay, I'm going to go. At the end of the day, he actually went and he led a nation. He led a nation to freedom. But he listened to the voice of God. He listened to the voice of God. You know, my next point for that is a good leader listens to the voice of God and relies on the presence of God. Okay, you can't, it's not just good to be a good leader. You actually need to, to seek God. You know, Moses walked in God's presence and he listened, he listened to his voice. Exodus 33, 15, it says, If your presence does not go before us, we won't go anywhere. Moses is like, I ain't going nowhere unless you're with me, God. And that's, that's a call for us. Don't do anything without God and like just without bringing God into it, you know, like asking God. We need, we need the presence of God more than ever. We need spirit-led leadership in this world that, that can see past what the world's just seeing in front of them and freaking out about. They can actually see the end game. We need those leaders that have got that bigger vision. We need that. We need that. Yeah, we, like I said, we need to walk in His presence more than ever. And how do we hear from God? How, how do we walk in His presence? Practical things, personal devotion, time, and prayer. You've heard this before. It sounds like old-fashioned, but th- this is it. This is, the, this, is, this is where it's at. <laughs> you know, worship and praise. Pastor Pete preached an amazing message last Sunday morning on praise. You need to, you need to listen to that. Worship and praise. These are, the, these are the weapons we have. These are the weapons we have uh, as Christians, as leaders. And we need to read the Bible. Like the Bible's the manual for life. Like these are the, these are just basic things, but it's actually it's not that hard. Like just lock it in. Like these are the things we need to do. We need to spend time in His presence. Spend time in His presence. It's not hard. Just just make the time for it. Don't feel guilty and like oh never do. just just make time and do it. Five minutes, ten minutes, five hours, whatever, whatever you can do. Just just make time. You know, and the Bible, as I said, read the Bible. It's full of so much wisdom. And great stories about leadership. It's, it's great. It really is. And the last one, you know, a leader will never give up. Will never, will never give up. You know, so many people give up and quit too easy nowadays. They just quit. Oh, it's a bit hard. I'm just going to quit. You will all fall and have setbacks, okay? Every great inventor, every great leader, 
have failed a million times, but they didn't see it as a fail. They just sort of saw it as a, another way not to do it or, or a learning lesson. When you fail, they go, oh, I failed. Just go, okay, that's a way not to do it. Let's try something else. We will all fail, but just grow through it. Don't quit on being a leader just because you might have failed, okay? Don't quit. Don't quit on being a leader. Like I said, very practical message. First point was why we need good moral leaders, like the importance of why we need good moral leaders more than ever. And the second point was how to be a good leader, just real practical stuff. Because I, I just felt tonight that we just, we just need leaders more than ever. Like it's just, there's an absence of leaders. We really need to just go, God, help me to be a good leader. Like I said, we all lead in some way or another. The worship team can come up. We all lead in some way or another, but trust that God will be with you. You know, God was with Moses. God said to Moses, I'm going to call you, but I'll be with you. You're not doing this on your own. God is with you. He's not going to leave you. You know, I believe that there is great leaders in this place. I really do believe that. There is great leaders in this place. And uh, I believe that God's going to call some of you into great to higher positions of leadership, into government. I really believe, you know, like you might think there's not that many of us here, but like one person. Look at these, the William Wilberforce is like, I really believe they're sitting in this room. I really do believe that. God's going to do great things in and through the people in this room. I encourage you though to seek God. Seek God with everything. Just go after God 100%. Just go, God, whatever you have for me. And these practical things, like I said, put them into practice. Put them into practice. You know, I really believe God's got great things. Great things for everyone. Why don't we pray? God, we thank you. God, you sent your son Jesus for us. And he was the greatest leader, the greatest example of leadership for us, God. And, and, and we look to the Bible, we look to the stories of Jesus to, to, uh, to glean and, and to become a better leader. And God, I just pray in this place that, God, that you just inspire people, God. You just, just uh, start a fire in them, Lord Jesus, about what they're called to do and about leadership, Lord. I thank you. There is great leaders in this place. There is leaders that are going to shake nations, Lord, that are going to change things, that are just destroying people, God. I pray right now that you'll give visions for people. You'll give dreams for people. They'll wake up at night with visions and dreams and things that they're called to do right now, Lord Jesus. I thank you, God, that you're the giver of life. And God, that you are, yeah, you, you are the greatest leader. And I pray that we will learn from you through the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us, Lord, that we will hear your voice and we will lead with confidence and lead with passion and inspire people, Lord. Thank you for that, Jesus. But then with our eyes closed, you know, Nobody moving. Maybe you're here tonight and uh, you sort of still don't know what's going on. Maybe you were dragged here by a friend. I'm here to tell you, Jesus loves you. He really does. Jesus loves you. You know, He has a plan for your life. God has a plan for your life. You know, God sent His Son, Jesus, to die for your sins so that you could be free. And you're like, free from what? I, I, I'm a good person. I haven't, you know, I haven't killed anyone. I haven't robbed a bank. I'm, you know, I'm not that bad. But, you know, it says in Romans 3.23 that all of us have sinned, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We're all born into sin. You know, right back at the, at the start of time, the first man, Adam, sinned. He brought all the bad stuff into the world. Bad stuff doesn't come from God. It comes from the enemy. It comes from sin. Sin and death. But, and, and sin separates us from God. But God had a plan. In Romans 5.8 it says, But God demonstrated His love towards us, that while we were still sinners, 
Jesus Christ died so that we could be free. The perfect sacrifice for us. And the Bible also says, if we confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in Him, we will be saved. That's the first step. It's just confessing He is Lord, believing in Him, and you'll be saved. I know there's people here tonight, he's, he's saying, let me into your life, 100%. Let me into your life. And, and if you don't know Jesus tonight and uh, you, you'd want, you want to know Jesus, you've never done this before, with nobody looking, why don't you just raise your hand and say, yeah, that's me, I, I need Jesus, I, I really need Jesus. Anybody here in that place, in the place tonight? Or maybe, you know, you, you know God and you've, you've sort of been in and out of church a bit and you're just sort of going through the motions, you you, you, you might even feel like you're called to leadership, but you're just kind of like, you sort of got one, one leg here in the world and one sort of in church, and you, you just sort of, you're not really living for God. If that's you tonight, and you're like, yeah, that's me. Why don't you just raise your hand and say, that's me. I just need to, I need to come back to God. I need to make a fresh surrender to God. Is anyone here like that? Anybody here? I know, I know there's people here. God's, he's, he's knocking on the door of your heart saying, just, just let me in. Just let me 100% take over. Just let me, I want to lead. Yeah, I see those hands. I want to lead. I want to guide you. Yeah. He really loves you. Yeah, I see that. And also maybe here tonight and you know that you're called for leadership, but you've been running away from it. You're just like, it's just all too scary. You're in, it's like Moses, you just run to the desert and I'm just going to live my life out there and just work it out. But God's calling you. God is calling you. Maybe not through a burning bush, but He is calling you back. And if that's you tonight and you've been running from that and you're like, God, I need to run to it, why don't you raise your hands? Anyone like that? Yeah. What we're going to do is, why don't we all stand? And I think everyone here, it looks like everyone here has given their heart to Jesus. So what we're going to do is we're just going to open the altar up as we sing this song. And if you just want to surrender to God afresh, it's just like, just you taking that step saying, okay, God, what we're going to do is, I'm going to go after you 100%. That's all the altar is. It's just making a step. It's making a step of faith. So if that's you saying, I need to come back to God, I need to run to God, why don't you just come in front as we sing this and, and the pastor will pray. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.